Steph and Kate with Cocktails with a Blonde and Brunette. Today, we're going to talk to you about some controversial relationship opinions and questions that you have sent in or that have come up a lot in the group. And we're super excited to kind of dive into them and give you not just our opinions on some of them, but opinions that we found by doing polls online. And yeah, it should be interesting. Um, We do appreciate you guys sending in all your questions because it gives us content to talk about while we can't have guests because of COVID. (laughs) It's exciting. It is. I like the question session. So what's the first question we're going to do today, Steph? The first question of the day is about passwords. Um, It's a very controversial thing. A lot of people want to know, should you and your partner have the passwords to each other's phone and social media accounts? I feel like the phone and the accounts are two different things. So we can kind of touch on both of them. Uh What's your opinion on the matter? Um, Well, I guess I think it really depends on the partnership. Um. I don't have a password on my phone. So, and I think my husband and I decided on that together. Like we don't really need one to hide anything. Yeah. Not that I guess it's hiding anything, but we just like, don't care. Like our phones are kind of open books. You want to use my phone, you use my phone. If I want to use his phone, I use his phone. But I know that that's just us. And I know that from clients, that's not always something that they're comfortable with, not because they're hiding anything, but because they like to have ownership over their own things. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's like a pride and privacy thing. I mean, mm-hmm. when in a relationship, you should have some level of privacy. I mean, you talk to your friends, depending on your job, you might be talking to you know clients about personal matters and things like that. Yes. Which is why like, you know, you can always have a separate email for work or things of that nature or just a mutual respect with your partner that your phone is open to them but it's not open to them as like a diary like you can go through it and kind of like scan the whole thing exactly and I think like that's where my partner and I are at that we just sure go ahead and use it or what like if you want to look something up mine's there and go for it but it's not open to go through all my emails with clients or friends or family that's, I feel like that's just mutual respect though. Yeah, I, me too. Like, I feel, I know like for me, a password on my phone normally is just in case I lose it. It's not so much to keep people out of my phone. Mm -hmm. I don't really agree with like these like shared social media partnership accounts and my partner has to have like the login to all my phones, but I do agree that in some relationships, like one of the people who wrote in, she uses her husband's Instagram all the time because she doesn't have Instagram and she wants to look up, you know, videos and see what everybody else is doing, but she doesn't want to have her own social media. So in that term, like she does take her husband's phone most nights and look through it to have her, you know, nightly scroll before bed, but like through his account. So I feel like that's very different than Mm -hmm. having, you know, your partner's account on your phone, but you also have your own account. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, if there's nothing to hide, you don't need. Yeah. I don't even know how I feel. 
No? No, you don't. Well, I don't think if you have nothing to, well, I don't know though. Like, I mean, I have access to my partner's stuff, but like, I don't sit and go through his Facebook. I just, or social media, I just don't care that much. Yeah. I feel like trust issues and like breaking trust and things. Like if you come into the relationship with baggage of trust issues or you develop them in a relationship for some people, it's yeah. Like it becomes almost like an addiction trying to like get through the phone or like read the messages. And I mean, if anything, I think people learn that when you do that, you're always going to find something you don't like. And depending on like where you're probably true. Yeah. And depending on where your headspace is at, you're going to create things that like aren't there. That's kind of how I feel about it. Because you can't. Yeah. Well, and obviously if you're looking for something bad, you're going to turn something into something bad. For sure. And like your partner can't control like who sends the messages or who does what they can just control the response to it. And sometimes like a harmless message, if you're not in the right frame of mind, you can take it and run with it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're, say you're, yeah, spouse, you, I mean, you can really take, yeah. Like if your spouse has like a conversation with like an old friend who happens to be of the opposite sex and someone writes a smiley face, maybe it's just a smiley face, but like in your mind, it's like, oh, they're flirting because they used an emoji. Like, do you know what I mean? So I find anything in writing can be taken out of context. And that's why social media is so. Like it can be such a detriment to your relationship. If there's trust issues, absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, th- I don't think it has anything to do with passwords, though. It has to do with the actual lack of trust. I don't think passwords are a good or a bad thing. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having your partner's passwords, like especially if. Like you said, like you're out together, you're probably going to use each other's phones. You might be like making plans with friends on one person's phone versus the other. Um, But 79% of the people that we polled on this disagree that you should have the passwords to each other's phones and social media accounts. For me, like I'm kind of indifferent. I I believe in some level of privacy um, but I also believe, like, if you have nothing to hide, who cares? Absolutely. Also, like, what if something happened and you needed to use the phone or, I don't know, I guess I always think of safety issues as well. But I have worked with lots of clients who feel like it's a huge breach of trust to have their partner go into their phone. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Um, And I find too in relationships, like there's always like from like what I've seen and heard and experienced, there's always one person who probably doesn't have anything going on in their phone. It's just like, it's their phone. It's their private conversations. It's their, what they want to look up. Like it's, it's theirs. Like how many times have you Googled something in your phone that you don't want somebody else to see? (laughs) That's kind of like an example for me. Yeah, no yeah. yeah. The other person 
might be like a total open book with their phone, but the other partner doesn't care. And I think too, on some level, if you are very open with your phone and your partner never goes through it or cares, depending on like your mind and your psychology and your whatever's going on in your head, sometimes that can be like, oh, they don't love me because they're not trying to go through my stuff. But in reality, it's respect. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is true. Like it's like when your kids have like diabetes. 79% said no. Yeah. 79% said no. Yes. But like, if you look at it in terms of like your children, like I know, like even growing up, like I would have diaries Mm -hmm. and journals that my mother would buy for me, but then she would turn around and read what I wrote. So it's like, I had a safe place to like put my thoughts, but then you almost get like violated when somebody reads those thoughts and then throws them back in your face. So I can see why a lot of people disagree with this, Mm -hmm. but also see why it shouldn't be like a huge relationship issue. As long as the trust is there, but I, I mean, it's sad to think that we would replace the idea of a journal or diary with our phone. Like if you ask me if it's okay to go through somebody's journal or diary, I would say absolutely 100% not. That is their own private thoughts. That's where they work this shit out. That's where they feel safe, where they write the things they need to write and be done with it or work on or whatever. I hope to God we're not using our phones that way. Yeah, but I feel like nowadays, like social media has been geared to be that way. I mean, if you go on Facebook, you can hide who your friends are so that nobody can see who you're friends with. If you go on like Messenger or the direct message part of most of these apps, they have like vanishing modes where you can have conversations with people that completely vanish. So it's almost like they mind fuck you into thinking everybody who has social media is hiding something, which isn't true at all. Yeah. but it's like they're all designed to hide things. Yeah. And that's I think, right. yeah, it's like, that's when it goes from being like just a fun place. Like for me, like I have Facebook just to like post random things. And I like to watch food videos <laughs> like on the, the side reel. And like my Instagram is more just to kill time see what other people are doing, what restaurants they're at, what beach they're at that day. Like, it's just get ideas about what I could do to have fun. Right. It does, I guess, depend on what you're using your social media for. Like my social media is mostly for business or family. Um, But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of people who use their social media as full out journals. Yeah. So I think like with this whole topic, should you and your partner have the passwords to each other's phone and social media accounts? Like, sure. Why not? But you need to use that information respectfully and in the right way. Yeah. And if you don't want to give it to them too, that's fine. It's the trust issue is the problem. Yeah. If you say no and it like, really bothers your partner there's another issue that you need to talk about it's not so much the actual password or the phone 
or the social media. Yeah. And what's your resistance to giving it to them? Like what, what is that about? So looking at those things, I think will help your relationship too. It's not actually the password. It's the resistance to it, the trust issues and how it makes each of you feel. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed that, like, I find like, even for myself, like I've always had like the passwords and stuff like for the most part, just to the phone, which in turn, you don't need somebody's social media account passwords if you have access to their phone, but it's more respecting the fact that you have that password. Like you're not, it's none of your business to go through somebody's stuff. Like, it's just really not like, yeah. 30 year old me says that, but like, Lord knows I'm very guilty of scrolling people's shit when I know I shouldn't be and looking for things and really like just from experience it won't serve you well (laughs) if anything it'll just make you a little crazy so I think in terms of this it's like I do agree with the people disagree that you should have them it's more of like what is your relationship like and why do you need them and are you going to use it responsibly Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's like the password and the, it's not even really that, right? It's like you said, it's, it's outside of that. It's what it represents. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, problem. it's kind of like those apps, like um, not so much the location apps, um, but more like the, like life 360. You can see everybody in your family where they've been how long they stayed there when they turned it off when they turned it back on like that's kind of like a invasion of privacy like I get it if it's your child but when it's your spouse I mean if your spouse wants to go sit in a parking lot for a half an hour and decompress before they come home listen to a podcast or sit in silence because of the chaos of the day it's not really fair to be questioned for that like everybody has things they do for their own mental health, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things with social media I don't agree with. Like I feel like life was much better off without it, <laughs> but unfortunately, like it's here to stay. Much simpler, that's for sure. Yeah. And I mean, if you do have a joint social media account with your partner, I'm not totally judging you. I just, every time I see that, I think, huh, like what happened there? Like, (laughs) like, unless it's like a, you know, a business, like you travel a lot together. So you have like an account where you post all your travel pics or do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I totally understand what you're saying. So, but then again, maybe that's healthy for that couple. Like just to have one account, it gets rid of all the, the weird stuff that you could imagine is going on. You know what I mean? No, it's true. I mean, I feel like your relationship dynamics really determine how this goes, whether you give the password or whether you don't give the password and what you're both comfortable with and what you're both not comfortable with. And that is really all that matters. Yeah, because I feel like when you start relationships with people, you never care about having their passwords or anything. It's more something's triggered or something has happened. Yeah. You know, like you've gone to like grab their phone to check something and they grab it back really quick or 
You know what I mean? Like some, I feel like something triggers you to be that 21% who agree you need to have the passwords. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. Like when you see passwords and you say, it's, it's funny how like everybody focuses on passwords for social media and stuff. You know, do you focus on the passwords for their banking stuff? No. Right. Is it, are you just trying to keep tabs on a, on your partner or what is it really about? Yeah. I feel like social media disconnects us in so many ways from like reality and having like conversations. Like if you really want to know, have a conversation. Yeah. If you want to know about your partner and what they like and what they don't like and what's going on in their life, like talk to them. Don't look through their phone to find it. Exactly. Like who are their friends? Who are they talking to? What do they like to do? How do they like spend their time? These are all conversation worthy, not go through their social media account worthy. Yeah. I feel like it's just like a disconnect in trust and communication that leads to you like having passwords or even not having passwords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we're both on the same page with the 79% of people that you don't need to have them, but for certain reasons, it's okay to have them as long as you're going to respect people's boundaries and privacies around it. Absolutely. And if you are resistant to it or your partner's resistant, really having a look at what that's about. Because most times it's probably not actually about your partner. It's probably about something that's happened in your partner's past. So how do you work with that to make that place of safety? No, for sure. I totally agree. I totally agree. Good. All right. Question two. Question Um, two is about the fantasies. That question came into your account there. So what, what's the, uh, what's the the question? Fantasies. So the question is, how do you stay with a partner who has fantasies that you have zero interest in ever being part of? And I say it that way because zero was capitalized and ever was also capitalized. Um, which is, well, this is a hard question because there are so many different answers and responses based off of your relationship. Um I mean, one, can you positively say that 100% you'll never, ever be down for trying that person's fantasy? Or is this just like an initial resistance? So first looking at what is your resistance to this fantasy? What is What does that fantasy mean? What story or meaning are you giving that fantasy? So for example, your partner, your male partner wants to try having sex with a male right? Like that's a fantasy that they want to, might want to try. Like, are you making it mean in your head that your partner's gay? And is that why you don't want to entertain this fantasy? Uh, are you fearful that they'll then want this all the time? You know, what is it? What's your resistance to the fantasy is the first place to start looking, or at least I'd say. Um, what do you but, think about that stuff? Um, yeah, I think that's very valid. I mean, um, like just in terms of that, like example alone, I would just kind of look at like, are there ways to somewhat like fulfill your partner's fantasy without physically doing the work? So 
like if your partner wants to sleep with people of the same sex, you could watch videos um, of people that they're into having that same sex fantasy. Maybe that's one way to like bring it in or incorporate it where you might feel comfortable and your partner can get that satisfaction because we all have fantasies. And the idea behind fantasies is that they're generally taboo and they're not super normal. Like most people's fantasies aren't feed me strawberries, run me a hot bath, we'll have a massage. And then, you know, it leads to the sex we have every night. Fantasies are fantasies for a reason. Um, Not all of them have to be acted out a hundred percent in reality. There are many ways to like, even if your partner say wants to have like a threesome, there's ways to incorporate like objects and videos and things like that, that isn't necessarily a third person there, but you could use your imagination and get that same kind of feeling of like fulfilling your fantasy. Yes. And I think, yeah, like you have to have that open conversation, right? Mm -hmm. How can we meet midpoint? Yeah. And I think it's also about like compromise too. Like you never want to compromise your safety and your vulnerability and what makes you feel good. But on the other hand, if you have a partner who has certain fantasies and you're not even willing to find ways around it, whether you're the person with the fantasy or the person who's against it, maybe it's time to look at like maybe you're just not sexually compatible in terms of like your fantasies. Like there's always a way to make two people feel comfortable But like, if this person is like gung ho, this is something that they want to do. I mean, that's when the hard decisions come in, right? That's why they say to like explore a lot (laughs) when you're young (laughs) and get like things out of your system. But then again, sometimes like your fantasies change, your wants change, your needs change. Um, If you've been with somebody for a really long time, yeah, you may want more excitement, um, just like a change. And so I think if you're not super into it, you need to kind of a ask yourself why and mm-hmm. discuss that with your partner. Like maybe you have insecurities or fears around the fantasy and what happens after. Um, but there are ways to bring fantasies to life without bringing them to life. I agree with that completely. That I think the one thing to you that is super important is that if your partner comes to you with a fantasy, that's really fucking scary. So acknowledge their vulnerability in coming to you in the first place. Yeah. Don't shut them down. That doesn't work. Um, Let them know that you've heard them. You accept them. It makes you feel uncomfortable. You need to work through it, you know, like, but that you're not shutting them down because that is the worst thing you can do to a partner. Yeah, because once you do that, it's so hard to open back. back up. Yeah. But I think it's also too, like, how did you bring this up with your partner? Like, we're talking about, like, the reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you close it off, shut it down, no way, never know how. That's really hard to, like, come back from for the partner who was open and sharing with you. But on yeah. the other hand, how did you communicate this fantasy to your partner yes did you communicate it is it you know like you wanted to start watching videos during the act and your partner turned around one day and there were videos on the tv like you didn't talk about it for 
or did you bring, you know, objects or things into the bedroom to spice it up, but you didn't talk about it beforehand. You're just kind of like catching someone off guard. That's also going to block your fantasy. And create a lot of discomfort. These are definitely discussions that should not happen in the bedroom. No, they should happen like over dinner before. Or yeah, or even days before, right? Things that you can, you know, talk about it, digest it, know that it's okay to go away without any decisions being made and come back to it. And that it's something that can grow over time. I mean, it doesn't have to be a conversation and you make that decision right away, but just be really open to accepting each other and each other's feelings or thoughts or desires and knowing that it's okay for us each to be individual that way. For sure. Because I mean, if your partner isn't comfortable sharing those things with you, there's other things in life that they're not going to be comfortable sharing with you that are important. Yeah. So it's like you can't kind of pick and choose what you're allowed to talk and be vulnerable about and non-judgmental about. I mean, we're all individual human beings. We all have different needs and wants and desires. And if you want yours met, you kind of have to meet somebody else's too. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I have my clients do when we're working through desires and things like that is they say to each other, I hear you, I love you, and I accept you completely. And I think it's really, really powerful for us to hear that from our partners. And it really lets our nervous system feel safe. And so even if you don't want to be in on this desire or this fantasy, just let them know, like you love them, you hear them, you accept them. And that together you'll be able to make something work. No, I would totally agree with that. Cause I feel like it's, it's, I just, I wish more people like knew this before these hard things come up, because once you kind of especially if it's somebody who's like trying to share something with you and they do have trust issues and they're not used to being vulnerable and open when they take that opportunity to do so. And you shut them down because of your own insecurities and your own issues. It's really hard to come back from that. It is. It really is. So that's kind of why we like to have these topics and conversations, because if you can hear this before it happens, it'll save you a lot of backpedaling (laughs) in any of your relationships. Um, But I mean, I guess in short, it would be, you know, if it's something that you never want to do, find something that you can both come together and try that might help that person fulfill their fantasy. Absolutely. I think the thing too is that when you have fantasies that are unmet, they can become all consuming. And so acknowledging your partner's fantasy is going to be really important because it's not going to go away. If it's not talked about, if it's not met in some way, these things don't just disappear out of people's heads, right? They're there and it's not something you can avoid. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast the other day and the one um, girl, her question was like, all of a sudden she's really like 
into girls. Like it's all she thinks about. And Mm -hmm. she's in a really healthy, loving relationship. And she talked to her like partner about it. And he was like, yeah, like, no, I'm not comfortable with like you being with girls. Mm -hmm. But because of the way he just kind of shut it down, it's all she can think about. Like, she's like, I think about it during the day. I think about like how I could get away with doing it behind his back, even though I don't want to do that. So by not having open conversations and no judgment and really communicating about these things, your partner is obsessing over it now and they might go and try and find it elsewhere. And like, that's not, it's not okay. And it's not acceptable, but it's how they managed to fulfill their fantasy because you didn't even want to entertain it. It's true. It's really true. And I'm not saying, so the woman who wrote into me, um, the example I use is not her example, but I'm not saying that because you have zero interest in doing it, that it means like they're going to go out and cheat on you or anything else. No, I think we should premise that, but you really have to talk about it. And how can you help support your partner in entertaining their fantasy or making some of it come true or what parts of it do they need? And what part of it is just a want? Because when you're not talking, you're right. It becomes an obsession. Yeah. And like, really, like, you know, um, if someone's like trying to share these things with you, it's not easy. So by like shutting them down, you just, you create more problems in your relationship. Like forget even the sex part, just the whole relationship overall will change the more that you don't communicate in a healthy way about things. Yeah. Yeah, because it will affect the rest of your relationship. 100%. Absolutely. Yep. So I guess in short, like, respect your partner's feelings and idealisms and their fantasies and, like, thank them for sharing them with you and feeling safe to do so. And try and find ways to make it work for both of you even if it is something that you have zero interest in, there's ways that you can try and compromise. And it doesn't have to be, oh, you want to do that, then go do that and then come home. Like, you know what I mean? For some people that works though. No. But if you want like a really healthy- It does. Yeah. If you want a healthy relationship, you have to kind of explore all the other- Yeah. And when you do talk about it, I think that people will be surprised at how their initial resistance changes so that they can support and honor their partner's fantasies. For sure. Because sex is like, it's uncomfortable to talk about. Emotions are uncomfortable for certain people to talk about. So that's the number one thing is just no judgment, acceptance. And discussion, like healthy communication. Amen to that. Yeah. There shouldn't be like any no's and fantasies. It should just be, "Mm, how can we do that? Maybe let's talk about it. But if someone comes to you with a fantasy, you shouldn't just flat out be like, no, never. Oh my God. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. It makes people feel terrible. Yeah, it does. It really does. And it's a shame 
that it happens. Um, but sometimes people are just caught off guard. So that's why we're just trying to give you the tools to deal with make it better. Deal yeah. with it better. Mm-hmm. So, and for that one, we don't have a poll. Um, but I would I would think that depending on if you're the person who has fantasies or you're the person who doesn't want to do them, you would vote accordingly. <laughs> yes, I agree. So I feel like that one would be kind of like a, almost like a 50, 50 because it's not, they're not comfortable to talk about. That's true. Hopefully after they've listened to this though, they would all agree that they can at least talk and figure out how to make something work. Yep. No, I, I've definitely learned a lot, like just from people asking like questions like this in our group. Mm-hmm. I don't pretend to know everything. We do a lot of like research online before we answer these questions and we add some some life experience of like people we know and sometimes our own. Um, yeah. But it's all about like learning about how to communicate better and have better relationships. So I think that this is like a really important one. Mm-hmm. Especially for couples who are in a bit of a rut and people are trying to spice things up. And then, I mean, you say no, that's spicy, you know? (laughs) I think I'd have to say to you, like, out of all the couples that I work with, it always, always comes up. Some type of desire, some type of fantasy that they haven't felt safe sharing and that they really want to work through. Or that like they've had in the back of their mind and because they have been together a long time, you know, it, it starts to become forefront. Um, and so it's always there, like in partnerships, it is always, always there. So be open and accepting of your partner. Well, and I feel like it's important to add to that, like, just because someone has a fantasy and they're sharing it with you, doesn't mean that they actually want it to be played out in real life either. That's true. Like some people fantasize about things and they want ways to explore their fantasy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they want to go do it. So yeah, that's why the communication piece is so important because I mean, your husband could say something to you, like, I want you to be with other people and come home and tell me about it. But like Mm -hmm. in reality, that's just a fantasy. What they actually want you to do is like pretend that you're with somebody else. So there's ways to like, get the arousal that they're looking for without like on both ends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're the person who says, no, I would never want to do that. Or you're the person who says, well, that I just fantasize about it. It doesn't mean I actually want to do it. And that, I think that's where the communication and conversations come in. Cause when you get clarity around what it is you actually want, because fantasies sometimes just take over. Right. And if they become amazing and, you know, all encompassing, but when you actually start talking about it, you get clarity around it. And do you actually want your partner to go sleep with somebody else? Maybe not. Maybe it is just the thought of it that gets you turned up. Yeah. So I think we've shared a lot of good points there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that helps um, the people who are going through these things and, you know, yeah, need that uh, reminder that like we're all human. Absolutely. We are all human and we all have fantasies. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's why you do fantasy Fridays. (laughs) That is why I do fantasy Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) 
and most of them are pretty good and they're not sexual at all. So, um, I mean, sometimes they are, but for the most part, it's just people fantasizing about a feeling and that's exactly what fantasies are. It is. It's a feeling and emotion. Desire and dreams. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty powerful. So our next question that we're going to kind of go through today is couples. It's basically more of a statement. Mm -hmm. Um, Couples do not need to have similar interests to be compatible. I agree. I agree as well. And 76% of people agree with us as well. I think it's helpful to have some common interests. For sure. Trying to have lots of outside interests, but having a couple that you can do together is also really important. Well, I feel like you wouldn't necessarily end up in a relationship with somebody that you didn't have some interests in common with, because how are you going to meet them and date them and get to know them if you're constantly doing stuff that you have no interest in doing? If you have no interest in doing it, you probably have no interest in that person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think where I see this most with couples is long-term relationships. So like you meet, you like the same things, then you have kids or families or life happens and then you start having different interests and you end up having different interests that have nothing to do with your partner and that's when the that divide starts to happen so it's usually like farther into the relationship like 10 15 years you know they've done all these things together and then they start branching out or you know they take time for themselves but then they also forget to nurture their relationship with finding another similar interest they can do together Yeah. And I think too, it's also kind of about like compromise. Like Mm -hmm. if your partner really loves to like be outdoors, like they like to go fishing or camping or whatever, and you don't necessarily love camping or fishing, maybe you like sitting on the boat or sitting on the dock with an iced tea while they fish. Or maybe when you go camping, instead of sleeping in a tent, you could get like a cabin and you could be like comfortable if camping's not really your thing, but then your partner still gets to experience what they like to do. Like there's ways to kind of take each other's interests and, you know, find a way to enjoy it with them, even if it's not the sport itself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think we do have to have compromise in the sense that it's really important to also pay attention to what your partner likes so that you can do that with them because you get to know them better that way. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's really easy to like, as time goes by, sometimes you get a little bit selfish with the things that you like to do because you like to do them. Mm-hmm. And if your partner doesn't, it's very easy to forget that you need to also spend time with them and you can't just constantly be doing whatever it is you want to do all the time just because it's different interests from what your partner wants. Like, I feel like two people without similar interests can be very compatible if they take part in each other's interests. Yes. Yes. Um, I read a thing the other day. I was trying to see if I could find it, but basically the essence behind it was too that, you know, when you get together with somebody, you have common interests and everything else, but then it's 
you grow, um, you become different people, but that means like you're constantly having like a new relationship. So that means new interests, new friendships, new whatever. And so always being interested in that with your partner about what your partner's new interests are um, is super important to keep a thriving relationship. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I know even just like looking at like some of my own life stuff, like the phases of a relationship change. Like if you get together when you're younger, like the things you're going to do at 20, 20, 25 are not the same things you're necessarily going to partake in, in your thirties or your forties or your Mm fifties. And like, maybe you have a group of friend couples that you hang out with and go out with all the time, but then maybe some of those people choose to start having families and children. And then some of them don't like your, the activities you do with them will change. Like once you become a parent, like it's pretty much like for a lot of people all consuming. I know I have tons of girlfriends who've had babies Mm -hmm. the past couple of years and I don't see them half as much as I used to. Um, But it's just because like life has changed. Like they're not coming home from work and pouring a glass of wine, cooking dinner and inviting me over. They're coming home, getting their kids from daycare getting dinner ready for the family. They got extra laundry to do feedings. You know what I mean? Like, so even just your circle around you can change your interests as a couple. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like, and that's the thing is like over a lifetime, you will have eight or 10 or 15 different lives. And so your interests will always change. Yeah, but that's why I think it's kind of like, I mean, as long as you're aware of it and conscious of it, which most of us aren't, which is why we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. Like, if you think about it, the people who stay together the longest and are the happiest, a lot of them say like, yeah, I've been married to her or him for 60 years. But the great part is, is I've been married to 10 different people. Yeah. Like I've watched them grow and change and evolve. And I think that's where like growing together comes into play, which is like a whole other conversation mm-hmm. in terms of interests, I guess my revelation on this whole couples don't need to have similar interests is you really need to look at like your relationship and are you not making an effort to have similar interests? Yeah. Like, it's one thing is say, I like yoga and my husband likes to, I don't know, work in the garden. You know, how can we spend time doing a little bit of each? Like, yes, we get to have our own interests, but how do you find time to spend together? Maybe we don't spend time doing yoga or in the garden. Maybe we find something else. Maybe we decide that we like hiking. And so hiking becomes our similar interests, but we have our outside interests that are just as equally important. Oh, yeah. Like I have a group of like older clientele um, that have been married for forever. And like on Sundays, the husband goes golfing or goes to play hockey or like they have their day to do what they want to do. And, you know, the other partner can do what they like to do. They read, they go out to lunch with their girlfriends like they so they almost instead of prioritizing. Like. 
instead of prioritizing their own interests all the time, they have like this one day a week that it's like known that like they're going to do what they want to do, their mm-hmm. own interests, things that like you're not, you know, you're not, you don't want to do. Like she doesn't want to go golfing for a whole day and be out in the sun and he doesn't want to go to, you know, the wineries or little shops and shop. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they take a day a week where they know that they're going to do whatever they want to do that day, whether it's lay in bed and watch TV by themselves, read a book, go to yoga, go shopping, reorganize a room in the house. But then they also make sure that there's like at least a day or two in the week where they're doing something that they do have a similar interest, whether it be like binge watching a TV show, go to the movies, you know, take a hike, like something like that. So you don't necessarily have to like force yourself to do the things your partner's interested in, but it's making time to spend time together doing something that interests you both or, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we had a poll for that. I don't remember what the answer was though. And 76% of people believe that you do not need to have similar interests to be compatible. Yeah. And it's true as long as you're prioritizing time together as well. Yeah. And like when I'm looking at like these polls, the like average is about 200,000 people who have voted. So it's not like 10 people and like five of the people in Mm -hmm. our group said agree or disagree. So it is a pretty good um pretty good idea of like percentages but yeah I I just yeah I think that you need to have similar interests but I don't think it's like necessary because I mean you can also learn from people like my husband likes stocks and like real estate and all these things I would know absolutely nothing about the stock market and investments and how to make money if it wasn't for like him and like I listen and you know, I've started doing a little bit of like my own investing and things like that. I mean, it took me a while to realize that like, okay, this is something he's really interested in. I should probably stop like bothering him about it and try and learn about it. I mean, I'm very stubborn. Yeah. It took me a long time, but like, I realized like, you know, th- those are some of my faults. I expect him to listen to like my stuff about like <laughs> color therapy and Reiki and oils and healing, but like I can't listen to what he's interested in. Like it's not fair. So even if you don't want to like partake in what they're doing, you can ask them about it and learn from it. Absolutely. I've learned so much stuff from listening to my husband about all of his tools and like how things work. So that when people talk to me about like doing renovations and stuff on their home, I can be like, oh, like, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about right now. Whereas before I would have had zero zero clue yeah and I mean sometimes it takes like it takes like reflection to realize that like you're being kind of like selfish with your time and your interests and I mean you gotta try and find ways to act interested like even if you're not you'll learn something I guarantee you that (laughs) yep keep an open mind yeah so because if it's interesting to them and you let them express like their interests and talk about what they like they're more likely to listen to you as well when you want to do the same thing absolutely and don't I don't know about you but I love talking to my partner when he gets super excited about things like it's just a totally different energy 
Yeah, I need to work on that too. Um, but you should be like, you should be excited and happy for your partner when they're excited and happy. Yeah. Nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Cause then when you are like, kind of like, Oh, that's great. Oh, whatever. They're going to stop sharing those things with you and start sharing them with somebody else or resenting you for not. So it's just super important to, to really look at that and see where you can improve and where you can do better. Yeah. So take interest in your partner's exterior interests and then find something that you guys can do together that feels good, that makes your relationship a priority. For sure. Because I feel like if everything you do is the same, like maybe that works too. I just feel like you'd get really like mundane and boring if like you everything they liked, you liked. Like, how would you experience new things? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. But then again, I mean, yeah. I guess you could, no, both, you could both be like really into video games or like you could be like big foodies. Um, and then it, it does change. But True. again, I just, I don't think it's a necessity to have all the same interests to be compatible. No. I've never tried it, so I can't actually say it now. You've never tried what? Having the same interests as my partner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I feel like, too, like in the beginning of a relationship, you kind of go with the flow. Like, that's how I started golfing. It wasn't because, like, I was like, oh, I have this passion for golf and I want to learn how to golf. It's just, I happened to go golfing with my partner a few times and you know what? Like I did have a good time. Was it something like I want to do all the time? No, I prefer like the first nine and then like, I'll meet you after the back nine. <laughs> just cause I, I do tend to get like, I don't know, not bored, but I guess bored. I don't know. But like we did golf together a lot. Like it's something we used to really do a lot together. And I don't know why we don't even like a couple times a year, do it together now. Like, I think you just got in like this like routine and then you forget. So if you forget, you got to kind of go back and even look at things you used to enjoy doing together and maybe like reignite those things. Yeah. Try it again. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like these three like topics will really help people enhance their relationships. I think so. I think there were three pretty good ones. Like passwords, fantasies, interests. Yeah. And it's all about prioritizing your relationship, but also being open and accepting and trusting your partners. For sure. Because, I mean, your relationship always should be a priority. Yes. And I think a lot of us forget that because the outside world is sometimes louder than the inside world yeah and I think we just forget that like happiness kind of starts at home it really does so I think we take that for granted a lot of the times I think we do so I think so yeah especially during like all this like bullshit the past year and a half like being locked up at home and stuff like it's a struggle for some people But I think it's because it took all of those 
home base issues and threw them right in your face. Like you couldn't run from them anymore. No, they were completely highlighted. Mm -hmm. And like for some people, they thrived through it. And for others, it's been like really difficult. Mm -hmm. And like communication is key. So like if anything, all this COVID stuff has really just like opened our eyes to like our own bullshit and other people's and just a lot of like reflecting and deep thought and growth, I guess. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. It's like personal growth, right? We've really been forced to look at ourselves look at what we want to look at what we need and to work through the shit that we've been avoiding, especially with our partners. Yeah. A hundred percent. And our families and all that stuff. I I used to think like personal growth was like, I'm going to go to a conference for three days. It's like, okay, well that's great to like get the knowledge, but if you're not going to implement it, you wasted money in three days. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're all kind of forced to like implement things this year as opposed to just learn about them. I think that's true. I think that's very true. So, but yeah, I'm about ready for this world to get back to normal over here. I don't know about you. (laughs) Well, I think we're one of the only places that's not back into some type of normalcy. So anybody listening to this, we're in Ontario, Canada and well, we are like the most locked down place you can be in. Yeah. It's a bitch. It sure is. So, and I think that's not helping like a lot of people. So be kind to yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and your partner and your friends and your family and everybody around you. Remember, everybody's going through something. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like all of our fun stuff has been taken away from us here in Ontario. We can't leave. We can't go to the casino. We can't go. We can't even go to a water park. We can't do nothing. We can't even hang out with our friends. I mean, don't even go that far. You're only like today still, we're still only supposed to hang out with the people who live in our homes. Yeah. Forget casinos and water parks. Like how about a fucking bonfire? Or drinks with a friend on a patio. Like, we don't even get to do those things. No, but this weekend, you can go to a patio with up to four people. Yeah, it's it's starting. It's starting, hopefully. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're still supposed to, like, live in your household. But they're not super um, strict about that. Like, at least in the city I live in. Like, I know Niagara, they were, like, checking IDs and stuff. And I heard that. I think in BC too, like you can't get into places unless you live in that city. So slowly, but surely, but I wish Shirley would hurry up. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, but anyways, guys, we hope that you learned some stuff from those questions. If you have anything to add, you know where to find us on social media at cocktails with BB on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can just shoot us a message at our email, cocktailswithbb at gmail.com. Or find us in our Facebook group, which we haven't been utilizing as much because we keep getting censored for using words like freedom um, and choice and empowerment. 
Um, but if you want to head over there, just type in cocktails with a blonde brunette and you will find us. Yes, you will. We'll talk to you next week. See you next Tuesday, y'all. Bye.